What's up everyone? This is Pastor Sam and this is Danny and together we're exploring the letter of James. Mm. We are in it. We are back at it for another episode this week. We're going to be focusing in chapter 4. Yeah, we're focusing on chapter 4. I think we kind of decided that we would uh, stick to two verses. Yeah, two verses this week. Um, just because we think there is a lot here that is uh, useful for us. Um, I don't think we're going to say anything that is earth-shattering here necessarily, but I think this podcast is more about a reminder of um, who we are and also what we ought to do uh, in a very specific way here. I think I think one of the things that uh, we often forget it, is what Paul tells us in Ephesians that we are in a spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and so and and so we think that like we're just uh, living life on earth, uh, living you know doing whatever. We forget there's a, a magnificent battle going on in the spiritual realm where the lives of the saints are being often asked uh, to be destroyed. Uh, by the enemy, it, it reminds me a little bit of Job, like coming before God. So like, well, I'll take that guy, and God's like, ah, <laughs> you can try, but you never get it. <laughs> yeah, give uh, permission. Yeah. So, um, verses the verses of today kind of remind me of this spiritual warfare that is just going on in our lives. That uh, uh, is verse seven and eight of chapter four. It says, submit yourself to therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, your sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Um, yeah, what do you, what do you, you got anything in? Well, I think, I think James, uh, kind of, you know, I know we're focused on the two verses. Uh, you know, one of the things that, as you mentioned, like, you know, reflecting back on, you know, the spiritual battle that Paul talks about in, uh, in Ephesians. <clears throat> I think James is also kind of highlighting here some things, and he, you know, he talks about worldliness above it in verses one through six and things like that. He's basically given. Well, you did a good job on the Bible study, uh, talking about friendship with God, friendship with the world. Yeah, and um, how you have to make a. To me, like these verses, it start, starts out with about you got to make a stand, right? Like you know, one mm-hmm. of the things mm-hmm. that I that I see in the verse, and a lot of people don't like, is the word submit. Mm. That word submit is a when you hear submit, like it's a strong word. It's a strong word, which is not a really an easy pill for us to swallow in this day and age, right? No one wants to submit. Well, but the, the thing. So can I throw you? Yeah, yeah. The, the Greek here, the Greek here is not that bad of a word, because submit in the twenty first century today means lesser, like lesser than yeah. some. But yeah. well, in the Greek, the word hupatasso in the Greek, is to place in order. Yeah. To place under in an ordinary fashion. So, like, it's just to understand, like, uh, I, I, we can extend to the submission yeah. one. With, yeah, yeah, For yeah. sure, for sure. I, I understand that. But it's more of your understanding why you, where you, where you rank. Yeah, where you rank. Like, it's just to come on. So, one of the things that I was reading is this. It's, it means to come under subjection or to yield authority, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's the yield that, and that's what you're kind of talking about, is that rank. But going back to the, the, the flip side, like, it's our desire to be in control. It's well, our desire. Well, to- <laughs> we always want to be on top. Are you, we want to rule. We want to be able to 
control our own destiny. To to God, we're second. Mm. We're never first. And and, and I think, uh, and that's the problem of humankind, is to think that in relation to God, we are first. And that's not the case. Like, you know, and I think that's what James is trying to remind us here. In the end, he's talking about being submitted, submission. Mm -hmm. And also, the rest of the chapter, he talks about, stop talking bad about people. Stopping judging people, like who are you to judge people? Like, so it's not only even finding yourself a second when it comes to God, it's getting to be third when it comes to people. So, like, you don't even have the right to be judging people. Like, you know, it's not it's not there for you to be doing that. So, submission, it is this humble acceptance that uh, you should be second, or maybe third, or maybe fourth. Not thinking less of you, right? It's not. It's not about worth. It's not about worth. It's not about thinking, uh, thinking less of you, but it's really this willingness to um, f find yourself uh, not always wanting to be in control or to be first, as into I am the most important thing around, but really to understand that you uh, that you can put yourself. Um, in a different position, arrangement of things, that would be good for you and for the world. Yeah, and you know, James talks about like the first thing you gotta do is you you, you gotta make a choice, mm. and submission is a choice, right? Mm. Um, too many times we are we don't see it that way. We see it as like when I, when I was talking about how we look at it in the twenty first centuries, we want control, we desire to be in control, we desire to rule over ourselves. We want power, right? We may not come out and say it, but outright, but that's what we want. We don't want anybody else telling us what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Mm -hmm. So to say, hey, you got to submit, it's it's contrary to our nature. It's contrary to human nature. So he's saying, like James saying, you got to make a choice. Mm -hmm. And that choice is you got to come under authority, come under yielding to the authority, putting yourself in, under subjection into your place in, in rank. Going back to what you're kind of talking about. You know, one of the things that I have learned, is so much easier to be under the authority of somebody than to be the one in authority and have to bear the responsibility of all the decisions that are being made. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, now that I, you know, now that we are leaders, we understand that there's a lot of responsibilities that it is given to us that we need to take yeah make decisions and as parents right uh, as parents we got to make decisions for our family for our kids like it, it is it is uh they they don't want to submit to you right they rebel they want to be you know they want to make different decisions and it's like i remember that time in my life where i wanted to like i didn't want to submit i wanted to make my own decision and like today <laughs> That I'm older, that I have so much responsibility, there's so 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 much thing waiting on my shoulder. I'd rather submit today. I was like, yeah. can someone be much easier? <laughs> <laughs> can someone just take care of all of these, make all these decisions, do all of this? I'll submit. I'm, I'm fine. And I think sometimes we we have this arrogant idea in our own minds and our heart that we know what is best, so we can make the decisions instead of letting God. Submitting to God and allowing God to control, to to dictate our lives because He knows best and He ultimately is responsible for everything. 
You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, I, I definitely I definitely agree and I, I definitely think that that's the biggest thing, right? We we can save ourselves a lot of headaches if we would just come under submission. I think that's what you're talking about. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Life would be a lot easier if we just did that. Uh, so, but uh, to move on, so we're talked uh, I think we're almost beating this horse to death here when it comes to submitting to God. This word is a, a good word, it's not a bad word. Um, uh, but then he goes on and he say, resist the devil. And that's the contrast here between these two words are funny because we <laughs> hate submitting to God, but we love submitting to the devil. Yeah. Um, you know, and resistance, it's like, it's, it, it means... We resist God <clears throat> and we submit to the devil. It's, isn't, isn't that the most awkward thing ever for us? That's a, that's a uh, paradox I don't know if I can solve right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, and that's and I can't either, I, and I think that's funny. Like in in uh, Peter says, "Be sober-minded, yeah. Be watchful. The adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. To devour, resist him. Like this idea of resisting is." Everywhere in the Bible, the word to resist is to stand against, right? In words and deeds. So here we have Peter saying that. Do you know who else say that? Paul says that. Uh, Paul says that in uh, in Ephesians chapter uh, chapter four. He says, "Give no opportunity to the devil." You know. So we have like all these these. Um, warnings in the Bible about not allowing the enemy just to, to have control over our lives. Resist the devil. And I don't know why we... Well, we, I, well I think in terms of resistance, it means that you need to oppose, right? You, mm-hmm, you need mm-hmm. to stand against. And, you know, he says, you know, stand against the devil and this world. Because not only is he talking because... The Bible says that the enemy is the prince of this world, right? His principles, his guide sets, all the mm-hmm. things, his values. Mm-hmm. It, his values can't be the same as our value mm-hmm. because you can't resist if you believe or think or value the same way that the enemy does. And that goes back to what you say we fall into these things where it's it's super hard for us to submit. But so it's it's hard for us to do both, but we fall into the patterns of the world. Have you heard this phrase, the idle mind is the playground for the devil? Mm-hmm. You know, and when you, when you, I like the, the verse in Psalm, it says that, you know, we have to hide God's word in our heart so we might not sin against them. Uh, Psalm 119, 11 talks about that, right? That we when we have God's word in our hearts, it's hard for us to conform to the enemy. So that's what we're talking about, how... We're not to be conformed to this world, as Paul talks, but too many times it's hard for us to be submissive, but it's also easy for us to not be resistant as well. Yeah, I I, I was trying to avoid this language, but I think I can't. Um, all, all these studies that I uh, you know that that we did throughout this month uh, on the book of James, like this language of submitting and resisting, mm-hmm. it is is a military language. Why I was trying to resist is because all that's going on in the world, especially yeah. in Palestine today and so on and so forth, which is outside of our control. But 
So the word submit is a military term. It, it, you know, like we have been talked about, is to arrange under somebody. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, imagine a commanding officer calling the troops and the troops immediately assembling under the, his, his uh, and paying attention to him. You know, so that's what he's saying there. So that's, there, this is where it all starts. You got yourself into this. In, in, into under his into his domain and then you follow that individual once as soon as you get out of that you get out of that order you find yourself in some masses you find yourself in some difficulties and the reason you got yourself in the masses is because you decide you'd be in charge you decide that you'd give yourself value and significance and you would uh, uh, find what would happiness be for yourself and so on and so forth you you make some demands of your kids, of your spouse, of your boss, and, and, and all these things. You, you got in control of your life, right? So then you got in all these troubles in life because you haven't submitted to the one who knows how to command life, God, right? Yeah. So now, to resist, so resist the devil is also a military term. It, it means to take a stand. I got into this mess because... I listen to the voices of the culture. I listen to the wisdom of this world. I, I follow my own fleshly desire. Uh, so to resist means to stand up, to stand against cultural norms that you were talking about earlier, your own selfish desire, your own flesh, the works of the enemy that is trying to destroy us. So, so to resist is to stand stand up against the voices that we so easily fall under because we think those voices are actually the voices that we ought to listen to. Yeah, and what I, what I like about this idea we talk, we say it's a militant thing, right? It's like, mm -hmm. it's, there's no neutrality. There's no, no. middle ground. Right? No. That you're, so, and and the, the idea behind this is that, you know, there's a basic demand, right? Let's call it that, to submit to God, right? Submit first and then resist. So it's like a it's like a, it's like a two part thing, and I believe that wholehearted submission to God, mm. right, only comes only happens when you do the second part of that, which is resisting the enemy. Mm. Because once you do that, then you can wholeheartedly be under God's submission, and that's the only way that you can stand against decisively and definitively against the enemy. Is that we got to take our stand against him and know that when we do resist him, the Bible promises that he will flee. <laughs> And, yeah, and I think people don't believe that. And, and I think that's the thing here, is that the, uh, people makes, in the church yeah. don't believe that submitting to God is to the best of their interest, first. Mm -hmm. yeah. Second, they don't believe that if they do resist the devil, that God will come to rescue them by making sure that the devil flee from you. Right? Because this is what happens. It's like you submit to God and then you resist the devil and then the devil flee. The devil only flee because you submitted to God. If you don't submit to God, there is no reason for them to, 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 to flee because you're not resisting him. Because the only way you're going to resist is if you submit to God. The, it is like, it's like a step ladder. Like yeah. You can go to the 
or just the stairs. You can't go to that <laughs> next step. And there's a prerequisite for it, what you say. Yeah. And that's what I was coming back at. Like, you know, a lot of us, we want to resist the enemy, but we haven't submitted to God. <laughs> <laughs> we, we missed the first step. And then the devil come and eat you up. And then you're asking God, why you, you hate me, God? Why do you, you know, love me? Where were you when I prayed? Well, <laughs> you never submit to God. Well, so you want the and, the, and the reason why he, he flees is because... When we come under God's authority, when he comes to, when he comes to us, when he comes attacking like that roaring lion and we resist him, he knows that, oh, they're under the authority of God because of our submission. Versus like, if we haven't submitted to God and we're thinking like, well, I res people say, well, I resist the devil all the time. All the time. Yeah, right. Well, are you submitted to God? Well, well sure, that's right. So, do, you know what, <clears throat> do you know what this conversation reminds me? I don't know why, I just saw this picture. <laughs> No, it reminds me of David and Goliath's story. Okay. Israel was submitting to who when the Philistine came. Oh, came the, the demands, to, the demands of the of the. They were army. they were submitting themselves to the king, who was who at that time Saul, so. who who could care less about God. They were submitting to the Philistines and all their demands. They were under. The submission of the enemy. I mean, they were just afraid. They were scared. They were like, oh, we're ready to die. David come. Who is he? This is a military conversation. Yeah, yeah. This is a military conversation. This little guy comes around with three rocks, right? Who is <laughs> who is he submitting to? Saul? Heck no. <laughs> Heck no. To the, the, to the Philistines and their demands? <laughs> Never. No. Do you know who he's submitting to? God. What is the odds of David who is submitting to God and Goliath? Well, what are the odds? You put them out there, and they're like, there's none. There is no odds. The biggest one gave him no odds on that. Did he see of this big guy against this little guy, as you say? Yeah, like that's like what? There's no. There's no. The odds are. There's no odds. You are going to be crushed, right? And then he submits to God. And what does he do? He resists the devil. He resists the evil one. He goes there and he resists the Philistine, the Philistine kings, the devil who's going against God's people. Like he resists the devil. He stands against. He stand up and he took a stand and he said, mm, you guys come to me. You think I am, you know, you think we are nothing here? Now, I come to you. He looked down. He goes, "I see which authority you're under. You're not cut. <laughs> you think you got? You think we are like? Okay, all right. I'm submitting to God, not submitting to you. And according to operate the operating system of the world, David was supposed to be crushed. Mm -hmm. And then guess what? He resists the devil, and then overcame the devil." And the devil flee from him because the Philistines start <laughs> running away. And I think that's a great image for us in the 21st century when it comes to the spiritual. I'm spiritualizing that story for yeah. us today. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I mean, we all, we're all familiar with David and Goliath's story. And I don't think you're far-fetched and, and see the things there that they were kind of commended. Because it's metaphors for the for what we what we deal with today. Sure. You know, um, you know, we're 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 to do these things. We have to we have to take a position, and our position is to stand with God, and then stand against the enemy, resist it. 
Maybe there's a scene in our lives that is like Goliath and is coming and we're submitting to it because we're so filled, filled with shame and guilt. Maybe it's a financial problem that is so huge in our lives that uh, we cannot see how we're going to overcome it. Maybe it's a relational problem. Maybe you have someone you completely despise, but it's that person is over you. Maybe your boss is over you and it's the Goliath is right there and the Goliath is ready to eat you up and fire you and for no reason whatsoever other for the fact that that person does not i don't know you know and so instead of submitting to the system of the world that says you know payback revenge uh find different means why not just uh, submit to god in that situation and then allow you know uh, resist the enemy and allow god to win over you and so let's finish with this one right here Draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. That's another statement people don't believe in. You know, because they can't they can't feel God. And it's like I understand what are you doing God this whole conversation existence. about feeling God? What, what do you think about that? I mean you can't feel what you're not close to. Oh. I mean, you know, I mean if you're not close, if you're not close to the guy, how are you gonna how are you, how are you gonna feel his presence? Well, but how sometimes gonna... sometimes people are I mean drawing closer. I would say I mean I, I have I have a I have a little bit of I don't know. Well, I mean if you really... all did feeling God some, sometimes like you know and, and I'm you know I'm put it in this spot here. You can put me back. It's like, yeah. When was the last time you felt God? Uh, when was the last time you asked me the question? When was, the, when was the last time you felt God? I, I don't know. But here's what I do know, is that He's close to me, even if I feel it or I don't feel it. I trust that He's close to me. I trust that He has the best uh, for me. Uh, I, he's interested that I that I would live good life. So therefore, submitted to Him is non-negotiable to me, so that I would... I don't even have to feel God. I just know that He's close. I just know that He's for me. So... So for me, this is a remarkable statement. This is a picture uh, of uh, uh, of someone who 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 have been through the ringer in life, but continue to stand uh, and say, "I am God's, no matter what's going on." Uh, you know, uh, I I think it is not. I think it is. This is not a conditional thing here. Um, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you it's not a conditional thing in my when I read it it's just it's statements yeah, that is it, done it's factual, it, it, it's factual. if you draw near to God he'll draw near he, to you yeah if you don't want nothing to do with God God's like well if you don't want nothing I'll respect your decision but I'm still there I'm drawing yeah. near to you that's from the beginning I'm drawing near seeking after you searching seeking and God always draws near to us regardless if we draw near to him mm -hmm. but how much more of a promise is that he is drawing near to us if we're near to him as well yeah, it it um, for me when I think about this one, can I bring another Old Testament thing here? Maybe this is a odd one. Yeah, go for when, it. When this idea of draw near to God and He'll draw near to me, it, it 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 reminds me of God's people Israel, and the book of Hosea. Remember that Hosea. Hosea. Yeah. The 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 prophet who God goes on and say, hey, <laughs> go get yourself. Yeah, give him some uh, weird stuff. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. An, an, an unfaithful wife. <laughs> Go get yourself an unfaithful wife. Like for me, this is a picture of a husband. He's standing on the door calling out his bride who has been 
I have an affair, um, saying I'm not just asking you to give up your affair, I'm asking you to come home, I'm asking you to come home, I love you, I want to be intimate with you, I want to be, I want us to be lovers again, you draw near to me and I'll draw near to you, I want us to be passionate lovers again. It's amazing about how God's grace is on the book of Hosea towards God's people. Of course, that's I'm spiritualizing again, <laughs> is the book of Hosea, it's like, it doesn't matter what you do, God wants to be close to you, and He's close to us. And I think that's important for us. No matter what we have done to Him, it still causes Him to stand at the door, call and come home, come home, I'm yours, yeah. You're, you are mine, you are mine, I'm not giving up on you, draw near to me, I'm right here, draw near to you. When you said earlier, you gave another Old Testament, uh, reference. I thought you was going to go back to David again because we talked about it. But David gives us a great picture of what it means to draw near to God in, okay. in Psalm 63, mm. verse 1. It says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. Mm. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Mm. Man, that's wow. a powerful verse. powerful verse. I mean, this is the attitude we're to have when we read verses like James here. Is that... What it looks like to draw near to God, because I know the question is going to come. Well, how do I draw near to God? Can I read that verse? Do you yeah. know how to draw, draw near to God? Verse ten: Humble yourself before the Lord, and He will exalt you. <laughs> there you go. You got it. James is great. He answers yeah. the first the answer for you. I mean, for me, he answered that question. We didn't. We don't have time to dive in the whole thing, but I think he answers the rest of the that question. How do you draw near to God? He says, "Cleanse your hands, you sinners." Okay. That's yeah. one way to draw near to God. Stop. Stop doing some of the things that you know you're doing. You know? Purify your hearts. You're double-minded. Well, that's, you got you got, got to guard your heart. You got to find a different operating system to work into. Believe the Word of God. And then he goes and be miserable and mourn and weep. This is a very strange thing, but he's saying like, the things that you find yourself happy on doing... You you better start crying about it, mm -hmm. and then says let your laughter be turned into mourning, and the joy and bloom because this is when you're operating the system of this world. You you're so happy about these different things that we are doing that is sinful mm -hmm. that you think is bringing purpose in your life, and he's like, mm, change the operating system, <laughs> change the way you're doing when you change the way you're doing. Do you, do you want to draw near to God? You have to operate in outside of the system of this world and start operating in within the biblical system. And then and then he goes on and finishes by saying, Humble yourself in the presence of God. He will exalt you. So do you wanna so uh, change yourself? Do you wanna change the operating system of this world? Humble yourself in the presence of God. That word humble is is a sister to the word submit. So there you got it. Do you wanna do you wanna do that? Put yourself under mm -hmm. the Lordship. Find yourself in the rank where you're under God, not above God. And then let God do the work around you and then He will bring you up and He will exalt you. Uh, so um yeah, no, I think you summarize. I think I think you're right. Verse ten summarizes the cure for us and and how we do that. And, I, and you just eloquently went through and broke that down for for our listeners. But 
Yeah, but I think we you need to we need to finish this podcast with you reading Psalm again. Psalm, oh yeah, that's that's a great I think one. That's Psalm, the best way. Psalm sixty-three, verse one, and you know, David gives us the idea of what it looks like to draw near to God. He says, "Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water." You know, in in the Jesus talks about you know you know those who are thirsty come and you will mm. never mm. thirst again. So I think it's important this reminder, this great reminder that David illustrates for us over and over again in the psalm what it means and what it looks like to draw near to God in the wilderness of our life. So yeah. that's good. Thank you, man. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us again in this episode. We hope that you've been enjoying as we go through. Today was a little bit more focused in on two verses, well, three, as we looked at the last one there. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, any last words? Nope. Be nope. blessed. Be blessed. Have a good one.